0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to the Double feature Movie Podcast. There are so many podcasts in the world, and you've chosen us, so thank you. I'm Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined this week by Joanne So, Chief Movie Reviewer for the New Paper. Hello. Hello. But this week, there's a good reason to choose us, because it is the 21st film in the Marvel Universe lineup, Captain Marvel. And we're going to give you a review in two halves, the basic and the spoiler. So let's get on with the basic. Joanne, what do you think of Captain Marvel?
1: Once I watched it on normal screen, which is a standard format, and the other time was last night at IMAX, and it was amazing.
0: IMAX 3D? or just Yes, IMAX? IMAX 3D. Is it improved in IMAX 3D?
1: Yeah, I think so, because you see a lot more things around the sides. I mean, the little details. The
0: effects are just more.
1: Yeah, more effects. Mm-hmm. More. more.
0: It's had a huge amount of build-up ever since Nick Fury pressed that pager at the end of Infinity War. At the start, the usual Marvel thing where you see the the images of the past films or the oh, characters yes. at the start, all replaced by images of Stan Lee in mm-hmm. all his various roles and as a thank you stand at the start and I thought that was utterly lovely. Did a really good way to do it.
1: Did your audience cheer?
0: There was applause, there was cheering. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it might say too after when it was that thank you Stanley, everybody was like, you know, yeah. people cheering and clapping. That and was
0: a really nice touch. Yes. Um, the, the lead is Brie Larson. It also stars Samuel Jackson in the biggest role he's had yes. in a Marvel film ever since. Well, Winter Soldier was the last big outing he had. It's the Salmon Brie show. Yes, it's it's one.
1: also a Nick Fury origin story.
0: Yeah, so you get two origin stories for the price of one. They've brought in two uh, new directors to the or new to the superhero genre yep. anyway, and Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck. I mean. The most notable film that they've done in the past is probably Half Nelson with yeah. uh, Ryan Gosling. Not a superhero drama mm. by any stretch. Film. Very, very indie. Uh, and what they've done here is a film that it's very hard to unpack. It's 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 a very different way to tell an origin story because it's it's quite trippy.
1: Yeah, I think it's quite difficult to for them definitely because I mean. Carol Danvers is both human and Kree, half, a- half human, half alien. So I guess to tell the origin story from both worlds, you have to be a bit surreal about the whole entire thing. It's like, what's her origin on this alien planet? And what is her origin story on Earth? So I guess that's why you have a two different feels about it.
0: Well, I suppose it's been shown that she's a test pilot. At some point, something went wrong, and yep. she's uh, mind wiped, and she ends up as a soldier for the, the race called the Kree, who are in a intergalactic war with the Skrulls. Yes. And uh, she's part of the Jude Law crew. Yep. Jude Law is her boss, who is... Star uh,
1: Force Commander.
0: Kree Star Force Commander, yon Rog. She is uh, very much a junior part of the team. She's trying to train to be good enough yep. in the eyes of Jude Law, who seems quite uh, supportive. Mm-hmm. If... I don't know. Is it just me, or do you seem a little creepy? A little.
1: Yeah. Uh, so right. I think there's, this oh. It's like he, he, you, know, he's definitely hiding something. He in,
0: seems a bit, you know. Maybe. Slightly predatory. Yeah. So I think know.
1: maybe he plays it that way that you know he he, he wants people to think that you know he's just not like a straightforward boss.
0: Well, pretty last. Her name is Viz, on the Kree world. Viz. Viz. She gets captured by scrolls. She finds out they're going to planet, C fifty three. Which, guess where that is? It's Earth in the 90s. And she uh, crashes down on Earth into a blockbuster, and from there she meets Samuel Jackson as a young Nick Fury with hair, with both eyes, no eye patch at this point, and a young Agent Coulson as well, or younger. Much
1: younger though With Agent
0: the odd de-aging thing.
1: Yeah, his face looks creepy. Yeah.
0: I'm not sure about this de-aging thing. Uh, it seems to me that they seem to have just push the hairline down a bit beyond where it would have been <laughs> yeah. naturally.
1: Yeah, I know. Sam, the part about uh, the ageing of Sam L. Jackson, I think his forehead looks a bit funny. So then since his forehead looks more protruding... I think
0: the other thing is, it's Samuel L. Jackson. Around that time, 94 would have been Pulp Fiction. Yes. The guy has really not aged that much yeah, I know. at all. Yes. Why do you have to go to all the special effects to apparently de-age him? He doesn't need it.
1: Yeah.
0: So Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson have amazingly good chemistry in this. Yes, they do. You could watch an entire film of just them. Cheeching. Yeah. Going around, solving crimes. There's a really nice bit of him using traditional (laughs) spycraft to get out of a room. (laughs) It's it's the energy that they have between each other. I think it also brings what I feel is the difference between the Marvel films and the DC films. You don't have that many... Portentous, big operatic mm. characters. So if it's you know set in space, I think there's uh, what's his name, Lee Pace as Ronan. Ronan the, the Accuser. Accuser. Uh, he's the only one who is the big space opera dramatic guy. Everyone, including Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, Talos the Scroll Commander. He plays it so okay. It's between naturalistically and chewing the scenery. Because he's just Australian.
1: Yeah, he's just. He feels like he's quite a normal guy. He's just one one of them, and it doesn't come across. It's. It's. I was wondering like, it gives you a feel like is he just like you know a man wearing a rubber suit just being there or just being you know in a Helen costume? It's nothing scary about him or nothing. Uh, nothing to fear about him. He's just like one of the guys. It's just so natural. It's the
0: way he reacts to everything, like the bit where he tells off his science officer he, you know he turns around and you will see expect there's none of this and we shall feast on your flesh and you know I will be yeah. an evil commander and we shall wipe your people out it's all well why don't you go shoot him then <laughs> it's all that kind of stuff so it's it's really refreshing and I think he's one of the highlights of the film as yes. well outside of the uh the, the salmon bree show uh yeah Ben Mendelsohn really made this film just a lot more entertaining
1: I think this film is very different if you consider it. if you put it into the MCU it feels very grounded it feels it, it's like how when you first watch uh, Winter Soldier it feels like a different Marvel movie altogether it feels yeah. like more like a spy like old school spy film this one it feels like a road trip film you know it's just very simple like two guys two people in a car and just talking and two people in a cockpit and talking and then, you know
0: it is, and it isn't for me. It's quite linear, It's you know, very kind of uh, procedural. But at the same time, I feel it's there are the trippier moments which do set it apart. Mm-hmm. So there's all her trying to recall a memory of where she comes from. Yep. And then there's the really good uh, scroll interrogation bit, where they're almost able to play and rewind her memories and get her to re-react to stuff and make her concentrate on different parts which would be good god I need that some no, days but you see that. where that did you leave your keys where's your phone where's your glasses
1: yeah so that, that part is also is quite refreshing in a way that you know like you're talking about the big villain m- person or some bad guy or something because the interrogation looks like you know they're just normal people having a conversation it's like oh hey we missed that part so go back and rewind it's not like you know the, the voice and like you know the yeah, deliver it's, yeah. it's
0: it's that naturalism yeah and i think that's what brie Larson brings to it as well she brings a real natural she she just fits into the role
1: yeah i actually i was quite i wasn't very sure how she's going to do this role because I mean she's after all Captain Marvel is supposed to be the most powerful or well one of the most powerful person in Mm. the MCU right and she comes across like very simple very down to earth like real as compared to say you want the the next like Wonder Woman you know that kind of even compare female superheroes and supposed to be this powerful thing but she just comes across like uh, just your girl next door
0: yeah I think it's because she's an underling and mm. many, you know, she knows she's got these powers where she can shoot plasma blasts from her fists, but she's not allowed to use them so much yeah. because uh, the Cree hierarchy is pushing her down. Yeah,
1: like fight, what, what did she say? Fighting with one hand tied behind her back.
0: So it's the 90s, she splashes down. Some of the references, I thought, hey, cool, because the little posters for PJ Harvey. Uh, for the Rid of Me album, which I thought, hey, nice touch. Clearly someone knows their 90s uh, indie stars. I thought the music choices could have been a bit more edgier, but (laughs) if they feel a bit sanitized, you've got garbage. It's a lot of 90s women-fronted acts, so you've got garbage, you've got Hole, you've got No Doubt and stuff like that. And strangely, no PJ Harvey, despite the prominent posters. I was hoping for some uh, kidney or bikini kill or whatever, but, you know, sorry. 90s and music. Oh, what an <laughs> exciting time. Aside from that, the bit where it kind of falls down a bit, because the threat doesn't seem big enough towards the end. Without going into what it is, it just seems a bit too easy. And there's not that. I, I'm the much, stakes are, get lowered quite
1: I, 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 I see where you're coming from, but I'm not sure if that bothers me that much, because I think at the end of the day, this is Setting up for Who she is And to show her What kind of powers she has And what can she do Like you know Nothing really faces Nothing can stop her Seriously uh, from, Well based on what we see is like set up for Endgame Infinity War Endgame So she has We have to see someone Who can go up against Thanos And I guess this is the film That sets up To have this kind of powers That she discovers That she actually has Which is also The fun bit Where she was just giggling Like you know It's like oh I can do this It's like yay
0: But I think it's great that We've got a female superhero. It's just, yeah, the stakes get lowered a bit.
1: I thought it's different from the other films from MCU. So it's, I thought it's quite nice to see an origin film this way. If you look back at the, um, the various origin films that we have seen, say, Captain America, Thor, this is way better than Thor, definitely, the Thor 1. Then... Well, it's
0: definitely way better than Thor The Dark World. Which is on Netflix at the moment, and I realized just how difficult it was to get through, and how much a lifesaver Thor Ragnarok is.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you put um, Captain Marvel against all the origin films from MCU, this is definitely one of the better ones. Different. It's very different. Well, maybe not very, but it has a different feel to it. It's quite. How do you say? It has that old well, school, a bit of a you know, low key kind of thing. You know, but. I read it somewhere that um, um, Anna Borden and Ryan Fleck were supposed to do Guardians, but they didn't do it. So I guess that's when um, Kevin Fergie met them before. So wow, yeah,
0: I'm not quite. Wow, that's a. I can't see them doing Guardians. I think that's a good choice. Yeah, I think it's great because the cinema I was in, the audience was wrapped, absolutely wrapped. Mm. There was it was possibly the best behaved audience (laughs) I've been. I know you and your movie audiences. Hey, everyone was silent. I mean, apart from one little baby down the front that uh, occasionally just gurgled, everyone was absolutely silent. I'm guessing because it was so... You had to concentrate.
1: Yeah, because you really have to... It's, it's because there's a lot of talk, but yeah, it's not very talky-talky. But yeah. I think it's the the <laughs> the banter between... Even the the com, the times when she was with Jude Law, the banter was pretty fun too. So, it's all and, naturalistic. Yeah.
0: It's, it's not... Again, it's not this operatic, lo, wonder we shall go to there, yeah, so and uh, I bestow upon you powers.
1: You know, it's like, it's supposed to be a superhero film, but somehow it doesn't feel that much of a superhero film if you take away, you know, how she becomes a Dragon Ball Z thingy. You know, the <laughs> glowing and whatever powers that she have. But at the end of the day, this is a very nice dramedy thingy. Like That's why I say it's like a road trip film where you dis- a road of self-discovery of who yeah. she is. And then, you know, the conversations actually matter. And it's not, it doesn't bore you. Like for Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson, discover each other like their own rules. I mean, I guess Nick Fury and Carol Danvers, how they find each other and how they have this chemistry, and why at the end like he knows that who she she can be, and that's why she he paid for her,
0: and why he knows to set up the Avengers. Yes, which brings us into spoilers. Let's do spoilers now before we tumble into the rest. Some bits have been spoiled already. It's very hard to avoid spoilers now. So I knew what the deal with Jude Law was. You do? I did, yeah. yeah. Okay. Apparently, um, well, everything, as ever, everything gets spoiled by toys. Oh, okay. So th- that came out earlier. and Yeah, I knew what the deal with him was. But even then, it was kind of obvious in the film. Yeah,
1: I knew he has something there's something about him because from the start where he has this look in his eyes. I'm not sure whether he did it on purpose or is it unconsciously he did it? But you kinda of tell like this that he has more than what well, he's showing.
0: Yeah. There's something shifty about him. But to be honest, I thought he was a scroll.
1: Oh I didn't I I knew I he thought was thought
0: there was gonna be some big twist that it turns out he's a scroll all along. Oh no,
1: I did I didn't see is that twist but God. I knew that he was a bad guy. But he isn't like not exactly a bad guy, but I knew he was after something that and he's not telling. Her, and obviously, he knows more about her history and her background,
0: and he's not telling her. Ben Mendelssohn as the scroll leader, provides the biggest twist in the entire yes, thing, yes, which yes. was a shock reveal. Yes. Because if you know your Marvel stuff, you know that the Skrulls are the bad guys all along. Big difference here, they ain't. No, It's the Cree that are the bad guys. But
1: you see, it, it makes sense after the whole after watching everything because if you if what okay from my little knowledge of MCU and whatever for, it's based on the movies not right. definitely on the comics is the Kree were the bad guys in Guardians so it's like Ronan Accuser was the bad guy so if you and what's that Jaimon Honsu's character's name It was the bad guy too so it kind of makes sense that the Kree became the bad guys
0: going into it I just figured that yeah so Ronan the Accuser who is the lead villain of Guardians of the yep. Galaxy under the Thanos, Thanos uh, directs him. I just figured he's just turned his because they say that you know he didn't like the truce that happened. I had no idea when the yeah, thing. So, so he's rogue. So he's initially that's what
1: I thought. But then the way Jude Law carries himself, these are the little things that tells me there's something not right about Jude Law. The only twist that I was surprised by was um, Ben Mendelson. Yeah. And. It's like the whole big reveal. It was just set in this little heart. And I thought it's quite an intimate setting. It's not like, you know, your big, huge um, twists that you, you expect from all the other movies, that kind of stuff. It's just like, oh, by the way, I'm not a bad guy. I just want to protect my family. It's just simple yeah. revelation like that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I thought it was great. But with that, where was the big threat? Because if she's got all these powers and it all seems a bit too easy... It was. Uh, it, it was
1: just. It was just there to set it up for endgame because you cannot introduce her in endgame and show what kind of powers well, that no. she has. I don't so mind it's that
0: bit. It's just that kind of glee that she found, you know, knowing that she's got that. But it didn't quite come across yeah. of knowing. Oh my Suddenly god! Actually, I have way more powers than you guys. I'm gonna show you how they work.
1: Yeah, it's like it let me just fly straight. through you all. Your artillery. It was too quick. Yeah, there are just very brief moments where she discovers she has all these powers. But, you see, the umbrella view for the whole entire universe is amazing. The thought and how they link everything together. How they link Captain Marvel to the very first Avengers using the Tesseract.
0: How do you feel about Fury's Eye? (laughs) It was such an (laughs) anticlimax. It's like teasing... He keeps on getting hit, damaged in the eye throughout the film. And it's like, oh, is this the one that loses it? And then...
1: You know what my son said to me after the movie? It's like, he could have easily lost his eye in combat when he went to all those various places and when he was a soldier and a spy and he lost it to a cat, which is not even a cat, and Scratch. Well, I do remember And he was like, huh? But he found it funny, so...
0: I do remember that, I think it's Winter Soldier, uh, the one with Robert Redford. Mm. He's talking about how he lost his eye. And he lost his, he's, I think it's something along the lines of, he said he's lost his eye putting his trust in somebody. <laughs> so I think that's what the reference is. But I was a bit surprised that it was such a low-key thing. And also, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem to matter to him. I mean, the the way that yeah, it's like, um, Coulson walks in and says, oh, you've got a choice to make, and brings him a, a, a tray of uh, <laughs> <ice>. <laughs> fake eyeballs.
1: It's like, really? Is that it? But then again, you know, it's like, like, when Thor lost his eye, it's like nothing to it, too.
0: And then he just... Yeah, but he's a god. I mean, you know, he it, it, it could just magic an eye, surely. <laughs> but this is a human guy. This is a, you know, Doesn't a Nick Fury. Fury.
1: Nothing phases him. Not even when he's seeing a dead alien next to him in the first for the first time. That was quite yeah. funny. That was a funny moment.
0: <laughs> I didn't get the big twist until the final reveal. So when Ben Mendelssohn comes out and says... Oh, yeah. Uh, we were working with Annette Benning. Mm-hmm. She was building this light drive for us. I was still wary of him as, you know, the scroll could turn around. I think it's just because it's it's been so ingrained.
1: Yeah, this Not that guy is bad. I'm a the-
0: huge fan of the Marvel comics and stuff, but just scrolls are bad.
1: No, but I think it's also ingrained in the fact that there needs to be a bad guy in the film. So you yeah. kind of think that who's this bad guy? Who's this bad guy? And he's obviously painted as a bad guy from the start. And you kind of think that, okay, is he like. Playing mind games with um, Brie. I, I think it's
0: also because it's Ben Mendelssohn. It's, yeah, it's he's like, always
1: playing the bad guy. Yeah.
0: So, obviously, he's the bad guy, right? Because yeah. you've cast it. It's like putting Pedro Pascal in there. Yeah. You know he's going to twist around at some yeah. point. Like, Aha, it was me all along.
1: That's right. So, yeah,
0: Ben Mendelssohn, bad guy, playing a scroll. He's a big twist a right guy. from the
1: start. It's like just him in the movie. It's like you know he's a bad guy and you yeah, just plays your mind that he's a bad guy because he's always. Wasn't he the bad guy in Star Wars?
0: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Yeah, so... But then I didn't actually get the full twist, which is he was telling the truth and that he's basically protecting his family Mm. who've been on this little hidden space station for that long um, until they actually came out and said, Oh, look, people are on the space station. They're here. Yeah, And I, I think that point is where... Aside from Ben Mendelsohn giving it plenty of looseness about being the, the scroll leader, I was like, ah, you know, very naturalistic. But then it, the the emotion part comes out. Yes,
1: you know, that's what that's what surprised me because it's like you know, under all that mask and the the prosthetics and everything, obviously, there's tons of makeup under yeah. him. He's how he brings across his character, it feels very real and it's like, you know, somehow you be able to act through all the prosthetics. Yeah. And then, and yeah. then it's like, um, I thought the the most touching moment was when he had that, he just has telling Brie Larson, just comforting her, it's just war, I've done bad things too. Don't feel oh, yeah, apologetic to my family. She's
0: kind of really apologetic that she realises, oh no, I've I'm ki- one of the bad guys. Yes,
1: that's right. Mm-hmm. And
0: she's been killing scrolls all along yeah. when they're not the bad guys, they all he just had to status. do
1: is just you know that 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 warmth from his eyes just I don't know how he i I felt it I felt like he was actually being genuine and it's amazing because yeah, yeah. to get
0: through the prosthetics yes, to do that right, it yeah. is quite amazing and it I think it's it shows a kind of maturity in mm. the writing as well that you know that one side is willing to say yeah i I've done some really bad stuff but you know, it's we all war. just have it's, to put it yeah. behind us to, to move on.
1: And it's like that, that even, this is a very simple line between um, Samuel L. Jackson and Bree in a car where he said, you know, war is a uni- universal language because they are such great actors. This this film, I mean, that's the whole reason why I think it works so well.
0: I'd love to see if Ada Bowden and Ryan Fleck continue in the Marvel Universe. Obviously, if they've been courted for Guardians, then not. Mm. Are they issuing for Captain Marvel 2?
1: I think they should be planning for Captain Marvel 2. And I would think... Are, are we interested to see how mm. they're going to carry on with Captain Marvel 2?
0: I'd be interested to see if they actually call her Captain Marvel at any point. Because it's not mentioned in this film. Mm. Strangely, she's not Maybe they called in Captain Endgame. Marvel.
1: Who are you always like... Could be.
0: Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Speaking <laughs> of Endgame, you have to stick around for the end credits. Yes. Okay, there's two... Uh, one is you definitely need to stick around for and thankfully that's the first one. The last one uh is cute. He's cute. But I don't know that you've got to stick around
1: for. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, that that was a good. If you want to find out what happens what the whole intergalactic pager was or you know, you have to watch the mid credits, stay yeah. for it. Yeah. I think well, she'll probably be the one to be sent to go and rescue Tony Stark because she's the only one who can fly. Yeah. And you you cannot so. just leave leave Tony stuck up in space when he only had one day of oxygen left. <laughs> <laughs> she can survive in space.
0: She can. She can. She can do everything. She's Captain Marvel. Not that, not that particular <laughs> thing, but I would like does.
1: to see the dynamics that they have because obviously she's the leader in. You no, know, she's been put depicted as a leader even in this film. Like you no, know, she's bossing yeah. Nick Fury around and telling him what to do and stuff and he actually listens to her. So um, obviously he will still continue to listen to her if he's still around in Endgame. But game. he's
0: not because he's dust.
1: Yeah, so if he's still <laughs> around or whatever. So how is this dynamics going to happen? You know, you already have the Tony Stark versus Captain America and then now you have a girl telling them what to do.
0: Well, we shall have to find out. If anything, if this film does anything apart from making us go wow, it's end game cannot come soon enough yeah
1: it's next month
0: next month end of next month so effectively two months close to it
1: one and a half months <laughs> fine
0: so final verdict Captain Marvel what do you think
1: go watch it must watch it yeah f- just for the, for the ladies out there must watch
0: yeah, I mean, definitely a film to watch. There's a lot to unpack in it. It's one to find a quiet audience to go watch it. But yeah, it's, it's an amazing film. Good to see on a big screen as well. I
1: think, I think i give it a four.
0: And that is where we'll leave it for now. Joanne, thank you very much. You're welcome. And for you listeners, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify, do rate and review us. Thanks for listening. And until next time, goodbye. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home.
1: Do send your feedback to podcasts at sbh.com.sg You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightscience.com and bt.sg